shall we talk some halacha? Let's do it. Great, let's go. So in our last episode, we started talking about the malachas of Shabbos, the laws of Shabbos, the 39 laws of Shabbos that we learned from the Mishkan. Anything that was done in order to build the Mishkan is also prohibited on Shabbos too. And the first malacha that the Mishnah mentions is Zorah, planting. Obviously you ask yourself, where was this found in the Mishkan? So once upon a time, in order to color fabric, in order to color the different cloths that were used for the Mishkan, they used to plant little seeds for herbs and spices in order to create those colors. That's where it comes from the Mishkan. So the first malacha we find in the Mishnah is Zorah, planting. What is the basic definition of planting? Seems pretty straightforward. For one, it means just put up seed in the ground. But hold on a sec. Didn't we say last week that you have to do something productive, that you actually have to accomplish something when you do malacha? Have you ever put a seed in the ground? Nothing happens. It takes a really long time for something to happen. How could that be considered malacha? The answer to that question is that here, it's not necessarily the action of putting the seed in the ground that's considered the malacha, but it's the result that it yields, which is the growth that ultimately takes place. So the Shulchan Aruch says you should be very careful when you eat outside on Shabbos. Make sure not to drop any seeds from your fruits or your vegetables vegetables that you're eating because that would be potentially a violation of Zorea. So wait, so if I drop a seed on the ground, I shouldn't pick it up? What is considered planting? That is a very, very fascinating question that's discussed by the commentaries on the Gemara. The Rashash, who's actually a pretty learned businessman in Vilna and has a commentary on the back of the Gemara, he says that the Malacha of Zorea is only violated once the result happens. We have precedent for this. The Gemara says when you put food in the oven, if you take it out before it gets cooked, you haven't violated cooking. So he says the same thing. If you put a seed in the ground, if you take it out before it takes root, then you haven't violated Zorea. That's the opinion of the Rashash. And according to him, obviously you should take it out of the ground. However, according to the Minchas Chino, commentary in the Sefer Chino, he says, no, it's absolutely different. Here, where the result takes place after Shabbos, that can't be relevant. It's so far away after Shabbos. Therefore, the action is putting in the seed and that's it. Once you put the seed in the ground, you violated the Malacha, there's nothing to do about it. You just have to do tshuva and ask Hashem to forgive you. So practically, what should I do if I drop seed on the ground when I'm eating outside? Practically speaking, since you could be in violation of the Malacha, of Zorea, the post can say that you should take the seed out of the ground. It gets complicated though if the seed's not edible because then it would be a muxa problem. That's a whole nother topic. But then it's probably best to cover it over in some way that it won't grow. Got it. So talk to me about the other implications of Din Zorea, specifically today for our day and day life. Well, so far we talked about Zorea and the classic initiation of the growth by putting the seed in the ground. And the Gemara is clear that it's not only putting a seed, but it's planting trees and grafting trees as well. What about other forms of growth? So the Gemara talks about watering the grass. Is there a problem with watering the grass? What malach are you violating? watering the grass. And interestingly, the Gemara has a debate whether it's Zorea, which is planting, or Chorish, which is plowing. Why each one? We'll leave Chorish for next week. But the Gemara says that it might be Zorea because you're enhancing growth. It's not only the initiation of the growth, that's a malacha, but it's also enhancing the growth when you water the grass. So interesting. You said that planting is not only about technically planting, but also about enhancing the growth and helping a tree or flower or whatever grow better. Planting is an action that takes a second. But when you think about it in life, same thing with people. When you say a good word to someone, when you give someone a compliment, when you help someone, that might take a second for you. That might be a little action, but those little actions can grow within that person and it touches them and helps them and it plays in an incredible way and help them grow and become something even greater than what anybody would have expected because that one little word, because that one little thing you planted in them. Talk about education and talk about family and talk about any aspect in life, your coworker at work, your friend in school, that one little word can make a change, can brighten up someone's day, can even brighten up someone's life. So the more practical application for today 
day would probably be the fact that a lot of people buy flowers for Shabbos and then we have flowers on our table and those flowers are in water. Is there any issue with that kind of planting or enhancing growth of those flowers? That's a great question. Shulchan Aruch actually does say there is a problem with planting certain seeds in water. There's certain seeds. I'm not a botanist. I don't know how these things work, but there's certain things that, that sprout in the water. That would be a problem. However, if we're talking about cut flowers, that's clear in the Shulchan Aruch that since it's cut, it's not alive anymore. Anything that's going to happen in the water is not really enhancing any growth. It's not really the Malach of Zorea. So technically speaking, if we're talking about defining the Malach of Zorea of planting, of enhancing growth, this is not considered enhancing growth. Nevertheless, there are two rabbinic uh, issues here. Number one, anyone who buys roses knows that if there are closed petals at the beginning, they can open up. That looks like it's growth. Apparently, it's not really growth. It's just the natural way the rose develops, but that halakhically is not considered growth because it's not connected to the ground. Nevertheless, the Ramah says one shouldn't put flowers like this in water on Shabbos. That's one. Number two, you're also not supposed to fill up a vase on Shabbos. It takes a little bit of effort, especially in the old days. It took effort to fill up a vase. So to fill up a vase anew with water, that would be a problem. But to take flowers that were in water, take them out, put it back in, would be okay. The most common example of that, sukkahs. We all use hadassim. Many people keep hadassim in the water to keep them fresh. You're allowed to be put them back in the water on Yantif because they're detached. It's just maintaining freshness, but it's not really enhancing any growth. Interesting. So you said there's also an issue about adding the water to the flower, to the plants. Let's go back a second to eating outside. What about washing our hands outside? Or for example, when we want to clean something, we put some water and then we just rinse the cup out and throw it out on the grass. Is that a problem? That's a problem. Shulchan Aruch says very clearly, you can't wash your hands over the grass. Now one might ask, I'm not trying to water anything. All I'm trying to do is wash my hands. But that leads us to a very interesting discussion, very fundamental principle in Hilchel Shabbos called Sikresha. That when you intend to do one action, if the second result is inevitable, that is prohibited on Shabbos. So even though your intent to wash your hands is just to do an but since it's inevitable that that water was still on the ground, that would be prohibited. And there's Shulchan Aruch therefore says you're not allowed to wash your hands over the grass. Different application of this though is what about certain bungalow colonies and other places where you turn on the sink, the water actually releases into the grass. Should we say the same thing? You're not allowed to turn on the sink in those bungalows on Shabbos? So here we have a heter because there you have an added factor. Not only are you not intending to water the grass, it's also indirect. The water doesn't flow directly onto the grass like in the case when you wash your hands over the grass. But here it goes through the sink, goes through a pipe, finally getting down to the grass. That would be a grumma and a sick ratio with the grumma. That combination, that would be permitted and therefore would be permitted to run those faucets and sinks on Shabbos. We all know that it's very hard to avoid spilling the water on the grass on Shabbos. Any other day of the week, if you're eating outside, you're going to wash your hands on the grass. You're going to toss those cups out onto the grass. And so the Ramah says that it's better not to eat on the grass on Shabbos. If one wants to eat outside, eat on concrete, but you're not eating directly on the grass. Hold on. All these meals we have in the park on Shabbos, we shouldn't do? Well, the good thing is, it's pretty clear in the Mishabura, this only applies in your yard, but not in someone else's yard. Why should that make a difference? Stay tuned next week. Ooh, cliffhanger. I love it. Great, so we'll talk next week. Looking forward. There's a lot to discuss here. Amazing. For more short and fast-paced Talking Torah clips, make sure to check out our YouTube channel.